Hello, I'm Shelley Bowman, and I am here with Charlene Lynch. And <laughs> we met a while ago through uh, my crazy friend Janice, and <laughs> who does amazing things. And I think it, at that point we were like, we have to get in touch. We we need to do something together. And um, and here we are. I've been on your um, love heal through loving healing through love podcast. And then now you're on mine and we're going to be doing some other things together as well. So I wanted to welcome you to, um, to this and to the group, the high ticket uh, mastery for conscious coaches group and the conscious business strategies podcast. So you're going into both and um, let's just hear a little bit about you. I know that uh, you've had an amazing journey. And you are absolutely fabulous. You're helping people. You're doing amazing things. But it wasn't always that way. So let's go through like what you've been through. And I know you're an incredibly strong woman and you've come through a lot. So let's just, you know, take things back to a little piece in time where you um, kind of maybe were struggling and like moving out of the tunnel. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm 56. There's lots of tunnels. Just say. Um <laughs> But yes, and the probably the most dramatic tunnel, the most dramatic event, the most traumatic event in my life was definitely September 2011 when my beautiful baby boy, my 17-year-old baby boy, chose to take his own life. That, um, thank you, that, um, you know, I think about it every day. I think about him every day. Um, I believe in living in the loving of him, not the missing of him. And um, and that helps me heal. But that one choice of his had just changed my life's trajectory and, uh, and made a massive impact. So uh, for the women here that are of faith, you probably get this. Um, in a time of crisis, we pray. It's our go-to for everything. And uh, on that night, I did, I prayed that, you know, that I would have a different outcome, that the ambulance officers would be able to bring him back if I, that I wasn't able to. And I did get an answer to my prayer. It was not the answer that I was hoping for, but I got one word and that word was forgive. And so later on that night when the ambulance officers had finished and they said, did I want to go inside to say my goodbyes to my baby boy? And I did. I went into his room and he's six foot two, so a big boy. I lied down and I rested my head on his shoulder um, and I said, mummy loves you, baby, and I forgive you for your choice. And what I didn't understand about that is that I was now healing at the speed of love, that I had gone through most of what I needed to so that I could move to the next level of the grieving process. Yes, and I've still revisited it regularly. It happens I cry at commercials all the time when things happen. So, But it was to say that I was in a different position after giving him my forgiveness so that I wasn't that heavy-hearted and I was in a position to then make a decision to live a different life. So I did later on that night as the police officers were doing the things that police officers do at an event like that. Um, they were questioning everybody and uh, I'm sitting on my couch with my feet tucked in underneath my legs and I'm staring at my giant cup of coffee that's now going cold. And I said, I'm, I'm not just going to survive this. I'm going to thrive through this. Well, that's such an odd thing for a mother to say on the night that their son takes their own life. 
that the police officers wrote it down and I was then questioned about that later because it's not something people say. But I, because of that act of forgiveness, I was now in a position to be able to make a decision uh, that I would have a different life. Now, I didn't know what thriving looked like. Uh, I just knew it didn't look like the, oh, God-awful mess that I was in at that point in time. And um, and so began the journey of getting from where I was to where I am now. Um, oh, wow, that's quite powerful. I think a lot of people don't have that kind of, especially forgiveness, but that kind of closure and like, okay, I'm going to move on and this is, you know, how can I get, turn this around? That's mm. amazing. So where did you go from there? Yeah, uh, it's a great question and also a great observation. Yeah, and that's not to say that I haven't gone backwards and forwards in the grieving process uh, like we do on any given five minutes uh, with such a tragedy in our life. It was just more to say that when you come from a place of forgiveness and listeners today, you know, you might need to lean in forgiveness from, you know, who do you need to forgive? Generally, it's ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it took me a lot longer as a mother to move through the mother guilt and move through the forgiveness of myself uh, than it did for me to forgive my son. So that's interesting. Yeah, huge transition. So uh, after making that decision, um, I knew enough about giving grace, you know, woman of faith, you know, it's what we do morning and night, is to understand that I could change my frequency by leaning into gratitude. So I did, a, the next day I grabbed a spiral bound um, notebook and I just started writing out all the things I was grateful for and what that did. Like in hindsight, I know what happened. That raised my frequency. So, you know, frequency has a free, well, gratitude has a frequency right up there with joy and love. It's yeah. one of the highest frequencies. So when you need to shift, if you can lean into gratitude, that's going to help you move as well. So that allowed me to be thankful for what I had. And you, when you're thankful for what you do have, you get more of everything. It's like the paradox of gratitude. Be thankful for what you have and you get more. Who, who knew that? When we're staying in a space where we what when we want more, <laughs> we don't get more. I know it just seems strange. Yes, and it's true. So um that allowed me to sort of see, have a closer look to you know what it is that I wanted to move towards. And then the next lot of lists that I started making out were lists of what I wanted my life to look like. And it was far-fetched. It was far-fetched. Now, on this journal, you know, one of the things on the top of the page says world-class transformational speaker. Now, I'm laughing because I I was in such a mess that there's just no way that I could have even thought that that'd be possible. But now unpacking that, I see that that was the very first step of the shift process, which I'd love to share with you, but I'd love to share with you exactly the sort of mess that I was in because some of you may be able to relate to this on some level. So at that moment in time where I made the decision that I was going to live a different life, I was 25 kilos overweight and extraordinarily unhealthy. I had skin disorders and diseases. I had aches and pains. I had arthritis, you name it, I had a huge list of things that were going wrong with me. I had also been an alcoholic for more than 30 years, and I was a good alcoholic. I was a highly functioning five bottles a day and still managing to take classes and function. And I still to this day do not know how I didn't get done for drunk driving. I just don't know. So, you know, that's that's a place to come from as well. Uh, I had also had challenges with OCD. Well, I still have challenges with OCD. Now I manage it differently. But I had challenges with OCD to the point of self-harm. 
So that and and also a chronic hoarder. So not just a little bit of mess. We're talking 33 cubic meters of stuff. So they make uh, television shows of the type of hoarder that I was. And now I live in a house that looks like house and garden, a huge shift from where I was to where I am now. Um, and ADHD to the point of distraction, including a range of other mental challenges, including really severe depression and anxiety, which sometimes meant I couldn't even leave the house. So not a good place. Yes, and uh, making coming from that place of forgiveness, making that decision to have a different life, and then also coming from that perspective of lifting my frequency with gratitude allowed me to unpack the shift process and get me from where I was to where I am now, which is amazing. And this is part of the things that I embed in my coaching program when I work with wellness practitioners. So yeah, I'd love to just quickly go through the shift process if that's okay, Shelley. Yeah, I mean, it's like what you've just described. You know, a lot of people are there. They're in some sort of, they're bogged down in some sort of mire of their own making. And, you know, you've got a lot of things in there, the, the alcoholism, the hoarding, the the ADHD, the weight, all these things. How did you, how did you shift out of that? I mean, even one of those things would be debilitating to most people. It's like, you know, a house full of stuff. What do I do? Or the alcoholism for 20 years. What do I do? The but you've got all of these in a package. How did you, you know, did you unpack one at a time or you just went, let's just get out of this? Uh, yes, yes, and yes. Let me take you through the shift process and we'll unpack that as we go. So the shift process, like any good acronym, is <laughs> five letters long and it spells out the journey that I took. So the first one S of the shift process is to see the big picture. So this is what I do know now in hindsight is when I was crafting out what I wanted my life to look like, I was visioning forward. I was forwarding my energy, my frequency to a bigger picture of what's possible. With many other modalities to heal, they have they get you to look at where you are right now. Well, I'm sorry, when you are living the life that I was living, that type of mess, when you are realistic about looking at where you are right now, you don't go anywhere. What happens is you spiral down to the next layer, the next layer, the next layer. So, and this is what therapists were getting me to do because I had tried to move forward. I'd seen therapists. I'd been to groups. I had seen my doctor and pretty much everybody I saw pretty much handed me a handful of pills. Uh, I didn't take any of them and I still haven't. I've managed to get from where I was to where I am now without any medication. Yes, and that's not for everybody. Um, I dived in deep to understanding how the brain chemistry works and create my own drugs, really, uh, by creating those brain chemistry reactions in my own brain. So see the big picture is what is possible for your life. And I crafted a vision of my life that looks like exactly what I'm living right now, down to you know marrying the man of my dreams, like the, my wardrobe, where we eat, what we do, how I live, how much time I have during the day for myself, like every aspect that I wanted to create, I've now created for myself. But this, this list went on for pages and pages and pages and pages. And yeah, there are still some aspects that I am yet to explore and I'm excited for exploring for those. But to see the big picture, if you craft a big picture for yourself, if it feels doable, it's not big enough. Yeah. It needs to be unrealistic. It needs to be like a wanting desire for that level, but a, a, a sort of an almost a belief that you can't do it. 
And when you've got that level of stretch, what will happen is anything that happens for you in front of you will just be like little pebbles on the beach rather than the cliff faces that they used to be when you didn't have a bigger picture. So, and this bigger picture really, I've got to say, needs to include what is possible for you to do for other people. Because when we expand our frequency to that level, then all sorts of magical things are possible. So that's S, see the big picture. The next letter is H and H is to hone in on reality. And this is where most processes get you to start. Where are you now? It, the first step needs to be a stretch of frequency and then bring it back to where you are. Now, if you're like me, I could not see the trees for the forest. I couldn't see all the things that I was challenged. I couldn't see my thought processes. I couldn't see a lot of things that were keeping me in these patterns of behavior. So I needed to get help. This is when I reached out, got another layer of coaches, another layer of assistance, and really reached out to hone in on reality about where I was. So this is where you do your dollars, your figures, like really you knuckle down if you're talking from a business perspective to have a look at what's really working, what's not working. And if you're talking from a personal perspective, you need to get an outside view looking in because your view of what's happening is probably not the view of really what's happening. Uh, yes. So that's the first two letters, S and H. The second letter is I. Shelly, this is my favourite. Uh, I is implement quick wins. So like this was the size of my cup of coffee. Like it, For those who are just listening and not watching, this is like half a litre. It's huge. <laughs> yes, and I, I was drinking eight cups of these coffees a day because when you drink five bottles of wine, you need eight cups of coffee to sort of balance you out and keep you going. It's just part of the course. Mm. And, yeah, it's another drug. So from that night, when I was looking at that giant cup of coffee, I have not had coffee since then. I haven't drank anything. I don't even have eat tiramisu, nothing that's even coffee flavoured. So I've completely given up coffee. Now, what that meant to me is that when I unpacked that, I've given up coffee, which was one of my greatest loves, and I did it. If I can give up coffee, maybe I can give up alcohol. So if we can look at implementing quick wins, if your vision is this big, what can you implement now? If you want to learn to speak, what can you do now to help you move forward? Yeah. If you want to grow a bigger business, what can you do now to move forward? Yeah. So it's implementing the quick wins. And, you know, from every one of these conversations, Shelley, that you have with the beautiful people in your proximity, there are things people can be learning, but we don't. We jot down a few notes, but we don't implement anything. And so yeah. then we've just got a head full of notes, but no implementation. So what I have learned is if I'm going to spend my time, effort, and energy watching a podcast or listening to a masterclass or anything where I'm learning something, I will find at least one thing to implement so that I'm always implementing. And I do this with every aspect of the things that I've wanted to reach into. What can I implement today to move me forward? And so this is about tiny steps. This is about 1%. This is about one step in front of the other in the general direction. Doesn't matter sometimes that I'm going the wrong direction. At least if I'm moving, I can course correct. If you're standing still, you cannot course correct. So that's implement quick wins. My favorite. Can I suggest that from today's conversation, you find one thing that you can lean into and implement so that you can move forward. It will change your life if you implement quick wins daily. Uh, the next letter is F. And I know that you're fond of this one because we've spoken about it before. F is to focus in on the patterns. And this is where we journal. 
This is where we write things down. Now, I was not a good journaler. <laughs> I became a good journaler, though. It just took time. And the best way to, to become a good journaler is to ask yourself questions. Humans are designed to answer questions. So you just ask yourself questions and answer the questions. Look, if you're unsure about journal prompts, you can Google it and get them. It's not challenging. Once you get started, though, you'll get into flow and start writing things down. So um, when I dream, I journal. Uh, when I spend time in meditation, I journal. When things come up during the day, I'll journal, but I'll at least spend time in here on a daily basis. And I love it. And something that I implemented very early in on the piece is called re-journaling. So the end of every week, I re-journal that week and get the golden nuggets for that week. End of every month, I go through all of the weeks of that month and then I re-journal. At the end of every year, I re-journal for the entire year. And this is how I unpack the shift process, by unpacking all of these golden nuggets one after the next. You know, my tools and techniques about how to deal with anxiety, my tools and techniques, how to, how to work with overwhelm, all of the things that I've, I use in my toolbox that I use for myself and for my clients have come from the journal, yeah? And for those of you who have created businesses that you need a social presence, then this is where, you know, your best work will come that you can put on social media as well. So that's uh, that's focusing on the patterns. Now, our patterns sometimes are our own patterns, uh, but when we're journaling and what will happen is we'll be able to see them on the page and they'll emerge like a picture. You can see it. Yeah. Uh, sometimes our patterns are family patterns. And uh, look, I didn't even realize about some of the complex family patterns that we had in my family until I was telling my mum about my own suicide ideation uh, when I was 38. And that's when she brought up, she left the family at 38 because she had a nervous breakdown. Oh, and then we we're both sitting there still drinking our cups of tea, both tea drinkers now. And um, and we unpacked that grandmother, my grandmother, her mother committed suicide at uh, at 38. And back in that days, it actually was an offence. So we used to refer to it as committing suicide. So like, isn't that interesting? And this is one of a hundred different variations of family patterns that I've uncovered just simply through going through the process of journaling. And for those of you who believe in past lives, it might not even be of this life. It could be from a previous life. Yeah. And so that's where you need to go get an expert in the area of past life regression and unpack and have a look at what that is, you know. And then the last letter of the shift process is take massive action. Now, I'm a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> Hands up, anyone else is a recovering perfectionist? But <laughs> we could do a little dance. I am a recovering perfectionist, and so I wouldn't take action until it was perfect. Well, it was never perfect, so I was like a deer in headlights. So I've expanded that to say take massive imperfect action, and the action doesn't have to be perfect, but it needs to be action. Learn to love to fail forward, and uh, and, and it will just change your life. But that's the shift process unpacked from the journals, and though that process has got me from where I was to where I am now, and this is what I stand up on stage and share as my, a part of my keynote, and also what I use as the basis of my coaching program, which is in and around working with wellness practitioners to create their intellectual property. So I love it. I, It's been wow, what a journey. It's always growing and expanding. And um, yeah, it, it's allowed me to now pay it forward and also be the vice president of the Healing Through Love, which is how we sort of met. Well, after Janice. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Amazing. I mean, such an incredible journey and, and the methodology that you've used, like through the journaling and then the breaking it down and then the re-journaling. That's, yeah, I've not heard of that. I'll have to try that. But the, um, and also the process that you take people through 
is quite powerful. And, um, and yeah, I, I've worked with some of my clients because I do Akashic Records and we work on those blocks and restrictions from this and past lifetimes because those are huge. And um, I don't do the past life regression because people can barely handle this life. They don't really need to know more about the past ones. <laughs> but we look at the blocks and restrictions that come from that and work on those. Um, and then healing through love. Amazing. How did you, like, what was the genesis? And just for anyone who doesn't know, um, healing through love is this amazing experience where um, people or women that have gone through domestic violence can come and spend essentially a spa day or a nurture day, more like. It, and I've seen pictures and it's just like, you know, it brings goosebumps and like tears. It's like, you know, women getting massages and their hair done and their makeup and they're getting free clothes and they're, and like, I, I can't imagine like coming. I've, I've had a couple abusive relationships in terms of like, you know, narcissist and um, more like mental abuse, but coming from a place like where someone tells you, and you told a story about this, where someone was told, you know, how to cut their hair, how to dress, how to do this, wasn't making any decisions for herself. She's coming out of that and walking into the space and like, oh, I can't move, you know, cause she, that's been her pattern. And now she's, it's like, being given a um, a caged animal that's always been caged complete freedom and they're like I don't know what this grass stuff is but you know and it breaks your heart but it's also so freeing so how did you go from all the other things that you've done with the shift and your other work and it's all amazing how how did healing through love come about yeah, so one of the things that I wrote down for the vision of my life is that I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to pay it forward in and around domestic violence. So I'd experienced both family violence and also domestic violence. And it was one of the patterns of behaviour. So I kept attracting similar men. And it was one of the patterns of behaviour that I could see that, you know, I had an aggressive behaviour. It, the alcohol didn't help yeah mm. so and so I'd been both a perpetrator and a victim so hard for me to say that but it's true and uh so I really wanted to make a difference so that was one of the things I wrote down on a vision for the see the big picture of my life was to make a difference there so I'd set that intention and I'd let it go with all good manifestation I'd let it go and let the universe take care of the details and it put the people in front of me that I needed to see put the person in front of me that had a similar idea and that working together, we could expand on this, put me together in the same room with other people that could help me do the paperwork that needed to get done to move it forward. And uh, it just was, it's about setting that intention. So when you set the intention for what you want your life to look like and then let go <laughs> and uh, yeah, about to come through. <laughs> be, be in that space of allowing and then just let it evolve and you know take your ego out of it so that you can just see what needs to happen we've had many iterations of healing through love the name was ordained it, I didn't come up with it it came from elsewhere but the concept was definitely from heart-centered women who wanted to make a difference and create what we've got today which is these pamper days and I'm so excited that we're going to be running one in Hong Kong with uh, and I'm looking forward to working closely with you to get that off the ground so if you are listening today and you are a wellness practitioner and you've got a heart for service and this is something you're passionate about 
this can really, this just one day of turning up and making a difference for these people can impact you karmically on a level I don't even have language for, but I just know that it's allowed me to expand where I am now for paying it forward to other people. And if we can't help those that are in a, you know, in a, in a position that they are in, then who can we help? So it's just great that we can take our gifts to the table and let me just make you feel amazing for the day. And the change and the uh, has, is amazing in these women. Some of them, some of them, Shelley, come back the following year and they are practitioners because they've been mentored through the program for the space of that 12 months. So we're not just creating an experience on that day, we're creating a an ecosystem where we can help hold the hands of other women, show them their worth and help them stand up for themselves and move forward and in turn help others. Incredible. And um, yeah, I, I keep muting because my cat's going crazy here, but um, the, um, yeah, that the, the paying it forward is so important. I mean, I think all people that come into the space of, of, you know, coming from some sort of trauma that they've worked through and they come through and then they want to help other. And there's just this nurturing part of us that is like, you know, I was helped, you know, people did this for me. I want to help other people. And that's incredibly powerful because it's so fulfilling. Helping others is part of what we do. And it's so fulfilling. I was talking to some people about service and volunteering and how amazing that is because it is, you're coming from a place where, I'm not just turning up nine to five to, to do what I'm told to do and I'm paid to do. I'm showing up because I say I want to be here. I'm volunteering. And, you know, that's the fulfillment of comes from just that place of love. I want to come and help people. And um, I also wanted to, besides all your amazing everything that you've done. I've got to run. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I just wanted to ask one little quick thing. Yep. You're a belly dancer. How did that come about? <laughs> um, so uh, that, that was, I was working with my team and my team wanted a more inclusive opportunity to, uh, to act, have an activity. And so we decided on belly dance. So we went to a TAFE course, which is just like um, come and try. And, uh, yeah, it was fantastic. And, yeah, and so I've been, I fell in love with it and I've been dancing ever since. But I've just got a message. My front door's going off and I'm five minutes. <laughs> um, it's my cleaner. I need to let her in. <laughs> okay. okay. It's been a privilege and a pleasure to connect with you. And I'm so sorry that we're running over time. No, no worries at all. I mean, I think we could speak for about five or six hours <laughs> if we wouldn't stop. Anyway, sending you much love and we will do this again at some point. Blessings. Bye for now.